Our first reading for this afternoon is from the seventh chapter of Second Samuel. Now, when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. That same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel... Did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep. You should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies." Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers. I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. My steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the ninth and tenth chapters of First Corinthians. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. 
For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. People sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example But they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, free from idolatry, I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. Cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Ten Commandments with the third. What is the third commandment? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. With this third commandment, its its focus is on hearing God's word and receiving it. And basically we would say going to church and Yes, going to church is connected in with this because that's where we hear God's word. That's where we hear preach. That's where we come together as the body of Christ and receive the Lord's Supper. All of that. But there's something we should keep in mind when it comes to this commandment and also what we do in church. Whether it's preaching whether it's the word that we hear read in the Bible, or whether it's the sacrament of the altar, the sacrament of baptism, 
or the confession and absolution, all of those things go back to one, well, I can't say thing, all of those go back to one person, Jesus. Everything that we do in this church, from the worship, the singing, the readings, the hymns, to the the sacrament, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's always all about receiving everything that Christ has done for us. And never lose sight of that. You know, it's very easy to think when you when you think about church, you think of this, the building, right? If you were to ask a child, I were to ask my five-year-old who's home right now, draw me a picture of the church. What do you think she's going to draw? This. Which, sure, we call it a church. That's not how the the scriptures refer to the church. You are the church. The people. The ones who Christ came to do things for. Because this building can't receive the Lord's Supper receive baptism. This building doesn't have ears to hear the preaching or the hymns or the readings. But you do. You're the church. Isn't it interesting that we've almost lost sight of that? That when we say the church or a church, we think of the building. We shouldn't be thinking of a building. We should be thinking of the people. Us. Because after all, we're the ones who Christ came to die for and rose again so that we would rise again. Not the building. In our Old Testament reading today, King David got a little bit confused about that, didn't he? He thought, since he was living in this grand palace of cedar, that God should also have a house. Right? And it's fascinating. And Nathan initially says, yes, the Lord is with you, David. Do what you think is right. But that night, the Lord came to Nathan. And as I was reading through this, it's fascinating. Everything he says, I am the one who brought you out of Egypt. I was the one who was with you in the wilderness. Never asked for a house then, not asking for one now. I am the one. I did this. God's doing all this stuff. We can't box God into a building, can we? God exists in his word. God exists in the water. God exists in the bread and wine. That's how he moves. That's how he lives. Because that's how Jesus comes to us right now. Allow me to reread this one passage uh, that speaks about, it's a wonderful prophecy we heard in the Old Testament today, of the coming Christ and his kingdom. That he'll establish forever. God said this. Moreover the Lord declares to you. That the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled. And you lie down with your fathers. Meaning when David dies. I will raise up your offspring after you. Who shall come from your body. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. 
Your throne shall be established forever. David's throne did not last forever. It ended when he died. And then you may remember his son Solomon, of course, became king. And then after that, (laughs) it was a hot mess after that. Lots of infighting with sons. Their kingdom ended. And yet God promised that out of David's own body, and even after David dies, he would raise up someone whose kingdom would last forever. No king's kingdom lasts forever. It ends when the king dies except the kingdom of the Christ. Jesus Christ's kingdom does last forever. And it's lasting forever, and it exists right here in everything that that he's doing for us today. Anytime that we hear him in his word or that we're receiving him in his sacrament, he is very active among all of us, reassuring us constantly that our sins are forgiven. And also reminding us that just as he is risen from the dead, we also will rise from the dead as well. And that is truly a wonderful kingdom that lasts forever. And the reason why we gather together as the third commandment encourages. Amen. Now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.